Well, good evening, my fellow travelers, and I'll leave the tones on. We'll see who joins us. Here we are in the course of love. I think today we will be going into Chapter 5 in the first treatise, the treatise of the art of thought, and Chapter 5 is the choice for love. Um, it's Judy, Charles, Yvonne, and whoever else joins us, maybe hopefully Lana. And we'll do our usual. We'll read a couple of paragraphs, one each or two or three, whatever, and then we leave it open for dialoguing on the particular paragraphs or something that's said in the paragraph or even just anything that evokes uh, something to share with us. Because we all sit here with love and compassion for our brothers and sisters and share in that dialogue. And that's what he says to us in the course of love. Dialogue is sharing. So, uh, and let me just give us some words to kind of center ourselves, take a few deep breaths from one big one, and seek into your inner being, to your authentic self. Let your heart open up. Get out of our heads. Just go into our heart. Feel the love around us the good, the happiness, the joy. And remember, guided by the spirit within, we let go of all fear and doubt. We make wise choices that bring positive results. We are perfectly poised to adjust to changing circumstances with ease and grace. And with the trust and strength within us, knowing that we are not alone, never alone. We are one with God. We have the Holy Spirit. We have Mother Mary. We have Jesus, angels, saints, whatever you want to believe, we're not alone. And of course, all we have our brothers and sisters who are with us in oneness. We are one with all brother and sisters that inhabit what we call this human existence. Now, let's get started for the choice for love. Perfect, perfect chapter. So, Judy, why don't you read the first two because they're two small ones and then we'll do one each. We'll see who'll join us and we'll take it from there. Okay? Okay, just let me get there. I wasn't sure whether you wanted to start back in four or not. Just no, we're just going to go forward. All right, I'll, you okay, know what? Just, I'll, I'll give you the last couple of sentences, what he said to us in the auto thought. Okay. Oh. Okay, I have it highlighted. <laughs> this, <laughs> but he says, I bring up the point um, to assure you that this confusion is nothing. He spoke to us about our confusion in the whole most of the uh, paragraphs. But a confusion is so deeply ingrained in you that it has become an aspect of yourself. Your, yourself as human being. Beings, I guess. From time immemorial, fear has been associated with God. This was the thinking I came to reverse. While I succeeded in revealing a God of love, this revolution has not been reconciled 
with your experience here. This is what we will, we will now seek to do by putting an end to fear and ushering in with the ending, the beginning of a new time of miracles. And just allow me to welcome who joined us. We'd like to announce that you're here. Hello. Hello, this is Miguel. Good to be here. Oh, good. Miguel, would you like to go on the reading list? Yeah. Okay, we're just starting with uh, Chapter 5. I just read some words from, you know, the last part of Chapter, The Art of Thought, and now we're going into 5, The Choice for Love in the First Treaties. Okay, okay so uh, Judy's going to start us off, and we'll take one. She's going to read the first two paragraphs, and then we'll do one each. Uh, we'll see where we go from there. So, Judy, you want to start us off? I will. Thank you, dear. Okay. Why, when a God of love was revealed so long ago and in so many times and in so many forms since then that they remain forever countless, has fear of God remained? The only answer possible is because fear of the self has remained. This is a twofold fear that must be looked at carefully now and with all the power of the art of thought. One aspect of this fear has to do with the human experience, the other aspect with the divine experience. Charles? When it was said within a course of love that the greatest paradox of creation is that while creation is perfect, something has gone wrong within it. This fear in relation to the human experience is of what it was I spoke. The choice for suffering that has been made within the human condition is what I speak of specifically here. While I can tell you suffering is illusion, you cannot still your fear of it, nor tear, tear your eyes away from, away from it, or remove from it the feelings of your heart. Well, I came to reveal the choice of love to you, the choice that you each must make to end such suffering. The illusion of suffering has continued, and is, and it in its continuation made the choice of love seem all but impossible. If not for the suffering that you see all around you, the choice for love would have been made. If the choice for love had been made, the suffering you see around you would be no more. This is the paradox. Yvonne? All righty, thank you. The second aspect of this, of this fear is fear of the divine. A part of this fear of the divine is related to the fear of the human condition. How can you not be fearful of creation when such suffering occurs within it? But there is another aspect that relates to the fear of union that we spent much time discussing within the course of love. It is a fear of the human mind 
that can, it's the fear of the human mind that cannot comprehend the all or the nothingness, the eternal or the void. While your thought system here has been described often as insanity, this is the insanity you would fear that may actually grow stronger as you get closer to the truth. This is the part of you that believes this communication itself is insane, that believes that to contemplate miracles is insane, uh, that both welcomes and fears visions and abilities you see as being currently... I'm going to read that sentence again. This is the part of you that believes this communication itself is insane, that believes that to contemplate, contemplate miracles is insane, that both welcomes and fears visions and abilities you see as being currently beyond your capabilities. Pass. Miguel, read five and six, please. This fear, this fear of all and nothingness is fear of God, fear of life, fear of creation, fear of self. So there is only all and nothing. As part of you is aware of this, and uh, a part of you is aware of this, and as fearful of the all of everything as of the void of nothing. You feel as if you are headed towards something from somewhere, but neither here nor there feel completely real to you. The lucky among you have made of this in-between place an adventure, and are happy in your seeking. You do not care to end this happy state, and there is indeed much to be learned from the, from the in-between. It is, however, a starting point only. Well, we could stop here, or we can read, continue. Um, these are mighty paragraphs, and I know that the one that 5.5 just spoke the truth me in that one big sentence. The fear of all and nothing is the fear of God. Fear of life, and that's with a capital L. Fear of creation. Fear of true self, the big S. There is only all and nothing. You know, and I've heard that so many ways. I've heard it in the Course of Miracles. I hear it in here. I hear it in other places. And that causes me to go so deeply within. See, where do I really have a fear for God? It's the inquiring mind. I know I am one with God. God is all good. I believe in miracles because I've had such examples of it. When I've asked for help, it came in a form I wouldn't even imagine it comes. And even when it doesn't come, it becomes an opportunity to know that what is unfolding is unfolding for the higher good of the soul right now, during that time. But I really think there is that fear of God. I really do. I can get very close to the feeling and then it just like kind of stops. I physically feel it. 
to my body, to this human body. So that was a mighty sentence for me. And thank you for allowing me to share that. Thank you. Thank you, Paula. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Paula. This is Judy. I just want to add to that that um, the fear of God for me was brought about through religion. When I switched that channel off and decided that the way of spirituality was more in line with my inner feelings or my inner being, that fear left. I, I, I feel that for me it was the God of religion that brought about the fear and it's the God of spirituality that brings me peace and comfort. At least that's how I've experienced it. So thanks you for letting me share that. I'm complete. Yeah, that was a big step for me, too, but there's still something. It's the letting go of the illusion. Judy? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. For me, the fear of of God, he describes in two parts, one of the human side, one of the divine side. And I've always had the great fear of being a public, expressing my public divinity to others. Uh, for fear that they'd ask me to prove it or feel that I would fall short of expectations of what divine divinity really is. That would be my human nature. And so the, fra- the fear to really truly love, to truly, truly, truly love, to be the presence of love. I've read about it, I've heard about it, I've seen it. And being the presence of that which is versus having an understanding of what that is. And I feel I'm at a point right now where I'm feeling a lot better in being more calm more quiet and I'm in that discipline now of seeking the common quietness I'm not seeking for some revelation to go off inside of me I'm not seeking to any great understanding I'm just seeking to feel calm quiet because there I can see patterns in the calmness and stillness I can recognize patterns Whereas when my mind was to be before thinking, patterns seemed to be all blended together and hard for me to notice. And I'm realizing the fear of God is really the fear of, of being still and quiet. Truly just listening to the stillness and calmness. Um, or desiring to to have that experience because it, it is a it is an intention I find myself more strongly desired focused towards so but I'm realizing 
that I'm easier to catch the patterns that I find myself hooked into. And I can make a choice easier when I see what they call the hook. I love what it says in that book called The Hook. <laughs> Are you going to magnetize that that pattern again to create uh, this narrative reoccur? Or will you realize it for what it is and leave the hook alone? Don't take the bait. Don't react. Just relax. Be quiet. And just allow it to be. Allow the pattern like the clouds floating by without reacting to it. And I feel when I react to it, that's my fear, my fear of God. Uh, my fear uh, that I'm responsible for the patterns arise inside of me. So I'm learning, I'm, I'm, to me, this, the human and the, and the divine side, uh, that spoke in this paragraph big to me. Because the divine side is that which is the uh, that which is beyond words, that which is pure experience. But the human side desires words, desires to communicate with others. So with that, I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank well, you, Carol. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thank I you. I felt it. I felt what you were saying. I really did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course you did, Paula. <laughs> it resonated. So I experienced it. I didn't. It was. In, oh, thank you, John. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Charles. Um, this is Yvonne. Uh, I was uh, called to paragraph three where he talks about we chose suffering and over this past I don't know, last year a couple of years or so I've come to realize that that if I'm suffering somewhere back inside I might not know how or it might be unconscious but I've chosen that I've chosen the suffering instead of making another choice to be at peace or to at least be with suffering until it ended. Um, so when he says this today, that kind of brings it home for me. He says, the choice for suffering has been made within the human condition. Uh, and while I tell you that suffering is illusion, you cannot steal your fear or tear your eyes away or remove it from the feelings of your heart. So uh, it's real to me. <laughs> the suffering, yeah, why would we choose suffering? Because somehow or me, somehow I get into a situation where I don't see the forest for the trees. And I don't know any other way of feeling except to be suffering at this moment. But he tells me very clearly here that this is a choice. And if I can understand that this is a choice, then I can switch. Uh, as, as like uh, Judy said, you know, you can switch the channel. <laughs> if I switch off the suffering channel, then I'm okay. So... Anyway, I just wanted to come in on that. I'm complete. Thank you, Vaughn. That was, yeah, I, I, I yeah. hear you loud and clear. Yeah. Choose yeah. again. Yeah. Choose again. Yeah. Those right. Choices. Of course, America again, right? <laughs> yeah. Choose again. <laughs> oh. 
Sorry, Paula, go ahead. No, I'm just saying that how much I enjoy coming together with like souls. Mm. I need it desperately. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hello. Welcome. Yeah, I was I was disconnected. I, I, I connected again. Oh, okay. Welcome oh. back. <laughs> you know, the topic of suffering, I want to share something to put that suffering um, topic uh, idea in context. So I, I will read from day two, 20, uh, paragraph 23, day two. My mature life thus began with the recognition of who I am, as does yours. This time was followed by my example life a life that began with the 40 days and 40 nights spent upon the mountain and continued with my joining with my brothers and sisters, with the bringing of light to darkness, power to the powerless, health to the sick, life to the dead. My life touched all those willing to be touched, changed all those willing to be changed. But great unwillingness remained. Willingness was not yet upon humankind. The choice was made collectively to remain in illusion. The choice for continued suffering was made. And so I responded to that choice. An example of response was needed. The example was that of a symbolic gesture. It too was a choice. A choice to take all the suffering upon myself and kill it. To say, Here is what we will do with suffering. We will take it away once and for all. We will crucify it upon the cross of time and space, bury it, so that it need be no more, and demonstrate that new life follows the choice to end suffering. I did not suffer, but I knew who I was and chose no suffering. This is what is meant by the idea that has been repeated as I died for your sins. My death was meant to demonstrate that the end of, end of suffering had come and with it eternal life. Here then is where you need to make the choice that those in my time could not make, the choice to end suffering. This is the choice I made for all, in quotes. This is a choice you make for all as well. Willingness is now upon humankind. What my life demonstrated but needs to be demonstrated anew. But this will not happen if you cling to suffering. If you do not accept your true self, all of yourself, you cling to suffering. This is why you first needed to accept me. To accept me is to accept the end of suffering. To accept the end of suffering is to accept the true self. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. Wow. Thanks, Miguel. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, Miguel, I have to say, I, I marvel at your recall of the sections of the book. I marvel at that. And you know where to go. It's such a great, I don't even want to go talent, but it, oh, I love it. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah, well, just because I love it, you know. Uh, but uh, I, know. I want to uh, I want to say what it means to me uh, that uh, we can talk about uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all the time, we say, you know, for years and years. But I realize if I do not choose to accept suffering, I mean, end of suffering, end of suffering, if I do not under, uh, agree or accept, actually accept, that Jesus has already ended all suffering 2,000 years ago, and brought eternal life. If I don't see that, if I'm not able to see that, or if I'm not willing to see that actually, ultimately, then I have not accepted Jesus, no matter how many times I say his, his name. And that's what he just says. If you, have, if you cling to suffering, you have not accepted me. Because, in other words, he's saying, you are not accepting what I have done for you. So... <laughs> That means you have not accepted my content, and so you have not accepted me, as long as you cling to suffering. So that's what he's saying to me. And that's why it is so important for me to absolutely refuse to accept suffering uh, here, there, or anywhere. Um, anyway, that, that is a very, very important point for me. So as long as you cling, uh, again, I agree that one line, but this will not happen if you cling to suffering, if you do not accept yourself, all of yourself, you cling to suffering. And then <laughs> to accept me is to accept the end of suffering. To accept the end of suffering is to accept your true self. See how they are interconnected. Accepting my true self is the same as accepting uh, end of suffering is the same as accepting Jesus. The three are completely interlinked. You cannot have one without the other. Other two. All three can go together. Accepting Jesus, accepting end of suffering, and accepting my true self. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Miguel. Thank you, Miguel. Comes down to self-love. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Comes down I to am... love. Oh, go ahead, Charles. I was just going to share the idea when we suffer, um, whether it be through being tired or being sore or having a headache, or, and we realize our love for what we desire, our true love for, we go beyond that. We go beyond and it gives us strength to go beyond that to show up to be who we truly are. And we no longer accept suffering as something that is going to stop our divinity. And we rise above it and we thank God for it. Thank God for the lessons and the wisdom that's behind it. And we accept it for the wisdom that will reveal to us and for the glory that I'm able to share in a loving space with my friends. Well, you know, 
I, the discomfort's inside me still. But I am the strength that rises above it. You know, you see it with the kids with cancer. You see it with all sorts of different things. Kids in wheelchairs. You just see them. They're just champions. They champion the spirit. They champion everything. They're heartfelt. They're strong. And they don't see it as suffering. They see it as life giving them a, a beautiful way of expressing themselves in a new, unique way of fashion. It happened to my daughter when she had leukemia and she passed away at 14. She says, that's okay, Dad. Everything's just fine. Everything's going to work out just fine. Don't worry about a thing. I'm all right. You know? It comes to the point when people, my wife said she passed away. Everything's just okay. All things work together for good. And people come together after she passed on. And the whole community showed up one day, cleaned our house and moved us to a new place. It was like, it was just a dream. It was so effortless. It was so freeing. It was like she orchestrated it from the other side. Um, suffering is an illusion that we can either accept or rise above and realize the truth is God's love. And all inconvenience or anything that we bothers us is only because there's something there for us to see, something for us to rise above the strength in us. We change the stepping stone, the tripping stone into a stepping stone. And that's what's where I'm in my life anyways. <clears throat> Things that have tripped me up, I've turned around, they've strengthened me. So I thank God for that. Thank God for letting me share. Thank you. Wow, Charles. I don't know what wow. to say. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Had to be painful. Yeah. And I heard your response to it. That was beautiful. But to think of the miracles that ensued. Like you said, it was all orchestrated from the love of that child. Those are miracles. Afterwards, community, love, brothers and sisters coming together, sharing. There. Wow. Thank you, Charles. That's what miracles do, bring brothers and sisters together. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Hmm. I would like to share another paragraph, also again, to put it in context, uh, this idea of suffering. This is from chapter 7 of the same treatise, you know, just a couple, couple of chapters down. Uh, the 7.1, just one sentence. Suffering is seen as a condition of this world because the world is seen as a world in which you who are can never be accomplished. And then I'll skip all the rest and I'll, go to, I'll read the second paragraph, 7.2. Even the most spiritual and godly among you accept suffering. 
Even those who understand as completely as possible the truth of who they are accept suffering. My use of the word accept is important here, as these may not see suffering as pain, but only as a natural part of being human that calls for acceptance. They thus find peace within suffering rather than abolishing suffering. This acceptance is due to the belief that spirit has chosen a form and more accurately put a lesser form in which to exist. And that that choice includes the choice to suffer. Disbelief may accept, disbelief may accept suffering as a learning device rather than a punishment, but it still in its acceptance of a false notion invites suffering. Disbelief accepts learning through contrast, that evil is seen in relation to good, peace in relation to chaos, love in relation to fear. Disbelief exists in the in-between, what you just referred to. Disbelief exists in the in-between, where on one hand there is darkness and on the other hand light. One hand on one or the other must exist at a given time, but never both. Thus, the absence of good health is disease, the absence of peace is conflict, the absence of truth is illusion. Disbelief does not accept that there is only one reality and that it must exist where you are. That's it. I'm complete. Thank you, Miguel. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Miguel. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle. So, so what I'm getting from here again is that very, uh, uh, you know, there's a theme that runs throughout the book from end to end. Hundreds of references to this that uh, I I can no longer afford to linger in the in between what he calls in between you know what he just read in five point six and uh, the lucky ones among you have made of this place of this in between place an adventure and a happy in your seeking uh, you do not care to end this happy state and there is indeed much to be learned from the in between it is however a starting point only. And it puts it again, the next two paragraphs. So he's asking us to step completely, totally, forever into a new reality. And I would like to share one paragraph that makes that, of course, throughout the book, but he makes that case very, very, like, an ultimatum. <laughs> I'd like to share this. This is the third treatise, um, third treatise, chapter 21, paragraph 9. Um, it's called the identity of the true self. So I'll, I'll really read one, two, three, four paragraphs. Uh, your real self, the true self, exists in truth. It does not exist in illusion. Your personal self exists in illusion. It is called a personal self because it's attached to a person. A person is a being born into time, a being whose existence began in time and will end in time. The only means for the personal self and the true self to exist together is for the truth to be lived in time. 
In order for the truth to be lived in time, you must forget your uncertainty and be certain of the truth. This certainty is antithetical to you. You think that to believe in one truth is to deny other truths. There is only one truth. Untruth must, must is emphasized, untruth must now be denied. And this next paragraph says it all very more strongly than any other place in this book. This will sound intolerant to you. It is a stance of intolerant of illusion. You must no longer see illusion for it is no longer there. Exclamation. This is how you must live with it. You must live with illusion as you once lived with the truth. You must find illusion unobservable. Exclamation. It must become a concept only. Illusion is a set of facts, or in other words, a set of information. These facts are subject to change and mean one thing to one person and one thing to another. Illusion is symbolic. And what's more, it symbolizes nothing, for it does not symbolize what is. But this is where he makes the case most strongly on the words that I must completely step into reality, a new reality, and stay there. And, uh, and this, is the, this, this is a, you know, uh, this, this theme runs all throughout the book. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Miguel. And the the title of that chapter 21, The Identity of the True Self. And that's where the acceptance is. Come to accept the truth, the true self. The real self that exists in truth. I've only been able to find that through experiencing a feeling within myself that is so calm and so peaceful and so filled with a kind of love that is just so gentle. When I experience that feeling, it's, an, it's just it's incredible, very difficult to explain, to put into words. This past week, I... Uh, I uh, I decided that I was going to apply the art of thought to everything and anything that came into my awareness. There had been a situation, oh my God, some 50 odd years ago that I had been playing in my head for you know, about 50 odd years. And every time I played it through, I felt like, oh, I'm just, I, you know, and I knew I was just reinterpreting it and finding different ways to uh, react to it. And finally, what happened, and I don't even remember what day it was, I don't even remember what I was doing. It just surfaced. And I found that a feeling of peace just descended within me and just, I don't know, just kind of wrapped around my insides like a warm blanket. And I felt that incredible love and I felt myself responding to that event like I've never responded to it before. And I felt an extreme sense of love. And I knew that whatever it was, and I don't even remember what the event was, but whatever it was, it's completely resolved to the point where it's just, it kind of flattened out into a great big huge nothingness. And that was... Um, something that I had agonized over. I suffered through for years and years and years and years and years. And finally, finally, 
it's done. And I want to thank you all for all of your uh, input last week when I spoke the words of what my intention was. And I didn't even have to go through the rigmarole. It just surfaced. And I think, Paula, you were mentioning that. I know, Charles, you mentioned something about speaking the words. And I did that. And then, Paula, you said something about it doesn't have to be something planned. Just let it occur. And that's exactly what happened. So I want to include you all in this because it was a real group effort. And I just want to share with you what a pleasant, beautiful, not so surprising even, outcome I'm experiencing. Uh, I can't stop smiling. And it just feels wonderful. So, you know, suffering I know is a choice. And I know I made that choice for years and years and years and years and years. And I don't have to make that choice anymore. So I decided differently. Um, And when I spoke those words, I did put it out there in the ether. And God hears everything because God is in everything. And the answer came rather quickly. (laughs) So I'm just really delighted to uh, share that with you all. Because I I feel like it's a, um, I feel more of a, group victory than an individual victory. If it, I don't even I know if that's the correct word, but no. okay, thank you. <laughs> yes, because of our yes. oneness, Judy. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I thank yeah. you. Yeah. 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 So I, I've really been wanting to express that to you all. So there it is. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm complete. Yeah. I'm smiling yeah. along with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 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 That's nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's so true that that when we feel we think we're in this one, no, we're not one, but one with the many. I felt you all. Yeah. Yeah. I felt you all. I felt your complete entire energy. I felt whole. I felt very whole and very complete. And I know that I am a whole, complete being. And I know that this is my outer ego and it interfaces with the world. And that's basically what my ego is you know, here for that's its basic function. It's to just interface yeah. with the world. And that's it. As long as I don't uh, give it any more um, attributes than that, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I find that my inner life is uh, completely satisfying, completely fulfilling. The feelings are just indescribably beautiful. I don't feel any angers. I don't feel any resentments. I don't feel any, any of that other stuff. It's just not there. Whenever I can have this feeling that I experience, it just completely replaces everything and anything else. It's just beautiful. Yeah. And I know I can just thank God for that because I just feel like I, it's like a feeling and experience of God's love, what it must, what it must be like. So, all right, I think I may have said I'm complete, but I really am complete. It's the one, Judy. Yes. You you read that book by Rasha, Oneness. Oh my God! Yes, I did. I'm still John, stuck. Yeah. Oh, I love that book. I love that book. Yes, I have gained so much insight and so much. Um, oh, I don't know how to put it. It just it spoke to my soul. It spoke to yeah. something deep within me that just felt like it just needed to come out more into the physical instead of hiding. Within, it needed to be more expressed outward. Wow. It yeah. gave me that. It just gave me that for some reason. I don't know what, why, how. It doesn't even matter. All I know is that it worked. <laughs> Something worked. Yeah. Something worked, yeah. 
Yeah, Charles is reading it now. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Chapter, I yeah. just finished Chapter 10, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, I, I read the whole book, and I have to confess that mm-hmm. I keep coming back to Chapter 8. To me, it fills every space. Every space I experience within myself, that Chapter 8 fills it. It fills it. Yeah. It's complete. It is just a completeness. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's not like everything else is meaningless. It isn't. The whole book is wonderful. And I find at the same time, I still get, I still kind of always kind of go back to chapter. Right? There's something about reading that. And books like that trigger me. They trigger me in a very beautiful, positive way. It's not like the giant fish hook, okay? It's not like that fish hook that, you know, that, that triggers me that, that says, hey, come here, bait. Uh, you know, it's it's different. It's a triggering in, a, in the most positive, beautiful, most expressively optimistic, realistic way that I can imagine. I know I'm just going all over the place now, but so <laughs> I can't but it, help doesn't it. Doesn't it feel like this, the oneness of this author Rasha? That oh. it's like she's within. She, when I read some of the paragraphs, it's like yes. It's me, you know, that yeah. I feel the oneness. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. That just goes with wow. that thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, the oneness, the oneness is there all the time. The feeling, yeah. the completeness of the oneness is there all the time. In her book, she does emphasize the oneness with all and everything. And also there is a oneness within ourselves. Instead of feeling myself fragmented, instead of talking to myself as if I'm an ego one day and I'm a, I'm a personality the other day and I'm a something else another day, yada, 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 I'm a whole complete person with aspects. And some aspects come out more, more forcibly one day than the other and so on and so forth. But I'm just still one complete person. I don't think of myself fragmented anymore. That was another that that book gave me. But I just saw it. I felt it. I experienced it. It's just, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. No judgment. None. None. Except it. Yeah. Yeah, complete, total, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Acceptance of everyone, everything, all the time. Yeah. And I've even been living it at home. Yeah. <laughs> That's all about yeah. living it. I'm living it at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's my miracle for the week. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does, considering that I used to consider myself, you know, something or I don't know what the heck I used to do to myself, but it wasn't pretty or pleasant. And I just am not there anymore. It's just I can accept the wholeness of me. I can accept everything. And there's not one single regret that I have over everything, anything at all. Everything in my life has brought me to this point. So why would I regret one second of anything? So what would you think if we kind of read through this whole chapter? Oh, do we agree? Um, I'm good with anything, but the rest of you, uh, please. What do you think? I'll Yvonne. go along with the consensus. John, Miguel, what? what if- yeah, it's, it's fine with me. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so okay with me. Yeah. 
I promise you I won't think too much while we read. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I have a question for Judy. Uh, Judy, can yeah. you tell me what you mean when you say I applied uh, the art of thought? Can you can you explain how that works? Oh, I found I found myself allowing a state of beingness. I allowed that that calm, peaceful, loving, benign, neutral state to just kind of blossom within me so that I felt, I don't know, it was almost like, not not quite like a tingling sensation completely throughout my body, but it could be compared to that, except it was more psychological and more psychic rather than physical. And in that state of beingness, everything is just gorgeous. Everything is just perfect. It's, it's God's world. It's God's energy. And from that place and that feeling and those feelings of the God energy just, just suffusing my whole self, my whole beingness, the art of thought is just, I didn't think about anything. It was a response filled with love. And it wasn't thought about. It just was there. Okay, it's nothing that I planned. It's nothing that I wrote down and memorized. None of that kind of outward kind of stuff. It was all internal. It all just kind of internally came up from within me and was there. And I don't know if that explains it or not, but that's the best explanation I think I can give you at this time. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. So what paragraph are we starting off now? We're starting with... uh, Seven? Seven. Yeah. Judy, you want to read seven? Sure. The whole of life could in fact be seen as the illusion of an in-between you have created between all and nothing. This in-between place is your comfort zone. And although you feel compelled to push at its edges, This pushing simply leaves the edges quite intact and causes them to be capable of offering resistance. Your search for something within the in-between, if it leads not beyond the in-between, but shields you from the recognition of the all you are capable of finding and the nothingness in which you reside. Charles? In order... To experience the truth, you must move into a state that is real. Nothing is as real as everything and is what some of you will or have experienced as a dark night of the soul to realize that you reside in nothingness is but the counterpart of realizing that there is an all to which you belong. Yvonne? Again, I, I tell you that it is only your body and the thinking of your ego mind that make the in-between state of the illusion in which you now exist seem real. I must make a distinction here between the seemingly real and the aspect of your existence that
that is real. Your heart, as we have defined many times within this course, must exist in the thought system that is real to you. The thought system of the ego mind is what has been real to you, and thus where your heart has been held captive. Mm. Thus, your real self is not present in the realm of the truly real, but is actually present within the illusion. This is why all seeking must turn within, toward the heart where the real self abides. There's nothing else that will free who you are but freedom from the ego's thought system. That the thought that the ego's thought system has kept you from this freedom is the seeming difficulty you experience in learning this course of study. And the reason when you have freed yourself that you will look back and see how easy this one choice really is. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Miguel? The body and thus the you, whom you think you are, would not experience anything without the presence of the heart. The heart is the only cause of your experience here. When released from the ego thought system, the heart becomes the determiner of what you experience since you know, since you know it as the cause. This is what is meant by, the mind, by mind and heart being joined in union or being wholehearted. It is the real you or center of yourself being joined with the only thought system that is real, the thought system of the truth. How could a thought system based on anything but the truth lead to anything but illusion? The here that you experience is the experience dictated by the ego mind. And this experience is all that makes you believe you are, uh, are other than who you are. Thus, the abolishing of the ego mind, as stated many times and in many ways, must now be brought to completion. Judy? This is why I have asked you to choose the manner in which you would be once and finally convinced. You must experience the reality of the new thought system, or it will remain forever theoretical. You must let go of the foundation of fear on which the old thought system was built in order to experience the new. Charles? Art of thought invites the experience of the new thought system by being willing to replace the old with the new. While this will at first be a learned activity, and such have its moments of seeming difficulty, it is learned only in the sense of practicing the mindfulness that will allow the memory of it to return to you. Yvonne? Mindfulness and wholeheartedness are but different expressions of the union of the mind and heart. Mindfulness will aid you in remembering 
wholeheartedness will aid you in reconciling the laws of God with the laws of man. Through mindfulness, you will remember who you are. Through wholeheartedness, you will be who you are. Miguel, you want to finish that last paragraph, that last sentence? No, somebody else read. I, I'm I'm away from the book right now. Okay, Yvonne, you want to read that last sentence? Sure. It is in this way that you will enter a time of miracles, put an end to suffering, and thus begin the return to love. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And hallelujah. Okay, that explains what I went through that day. That explained it better than I could. Mm -hmm. Confirmed what you said for sure, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't even know. I can't even remember what I said. I just tried to experience it, or at least um, explain it as I experienced it. So I wasn't really sure whether I was uh, making any sense or not. But these last paragraphs definitely explained it. Yeah. Well, your, your, feel, your feelings, your feelings were felt behind the words. Oh, good. That okay, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's perfect. I like that line, when he sees from the ego thought system, the heart becomes the determiner of what you experience since you know it as the cause. This is what is meant by mind and heart being joined in union as being wholehearted. It's always the heart, the center of love. Yes, the feeling of love, the experience of the feeling of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like how he separates mindfulness from wholeheartedness. Yeah. Mindfulness is the, like what you did, you did the act of, uh, of mindfully focusing mm-hmm. and expressing the, the words out loud. And then it turned into a wholehearted experience. Yeah. And that was just beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, he says the practicing of mindfulness will allow the memory of it to return to you, the truth. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. does. Yeah. Yeah. I've been practicing Mm -hmm. mindfulness for years now. Yeah. Now you're finding a voice along with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess I am. Well, thank mm-hmm. you all. I mean that from the but, bottom of my heart. Thank you all. Yeah. And you know, it's great how he, he says mindfulness and wholeheartedness are but different expressions of the union of mind and heart. But mm-hmm. yet they're one. Yes, we're a whole and being. That, we are all whole. Mm-hmm. And we have aspects that express differently. Yeah, yeah. That's what well, I love reading when I'm reading that book. Oneness. I'll read it out loud, mm-hmm. and I'll put feelings mm-hmm. behind it while I read it. Oh, good for so you. So that I'm not I'm not just reading the words, but I'm actually getting a feeling for what I'm reading. Yeah, perfect. You know? That's how I and read I, it. 
Sometimes or you know, a couple of times. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. You know, that's how I approach this work, too, the art of love. I, I didn't want to oh, read yeah. it study it. I wanted to experience it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an experiential thing. It's not studying. And that's what I'm no. glad what we have yes. done here. Oh, my God, yeah. yes. It's like experiencing. Let it feel it. Don't try to break it down into logic or <laughs> study. Just feel it. Mm-hmm. Well, I've done a lot of we, memory work in my life. A lot of intellectual stuff. Oh, yeah. Got me nowhere real quick. All. Got me nowhere. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the business world, it served me very well, but <laughs> that yeah. was then. Yeah. Yeah. Is now. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's true what happens is that once my heart is fully engaged, my intellect will follow my heart rather than the other way around, rather than my intellect leading my heart all over hell and gone. You know what I'm saying? That's beautifully said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just different, just a different way of being. And I like it. Oh, my God, I love it. You know, the first time I read in this book, he says, join the mind with the heart. The joining. He's not telling you not to be mindful. Mm-hmm. Join it with the heart. Mm-hmm. And you know, letting the heart lead. Yeah. And you, then you'll yeah. experience the truth. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, so far from my experience, all I can tell you guys is that it works for me. And it works for you, it works for us, because we are one. Yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, oh my God, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to try to convince anyone else. No. You just speak speak your own truth. Speak your own truth. Yeah. I have no desire to convince anybody of anything at all. And I don't think it was in this reading or today when I was reading the oneness, it says, and when you speak, those souls who want to hear it will hear it. And those souls that choose not to hear it, it's still okay. Absolutely. They do it their way. It's all okay. Of course it is. I don't change who I am based on who I'm speaking with. I am who I am under all circumstances and in all conditions. I speak how I speak. That's it. If it falls on fertile ground, wonderful. If it doesn't, that's wonderful too. I have no control over anything. And we don't don't want it, frankly. No, (laughs) No, we don't. My soul might accept it. Charles' soul might not. And that's okay. We all oh, okay. the truth when we're ready to hear the show. Is ready to accept. <laughs> I don't think she meant to single you out in quite that way, Charles. No, I, <laughs> I didn't mean know that. that. Oh, she didn't sing. She didn't sing me out. No, I love. Okay. I love what okay. she said. I love what she said. Yeah. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's, that's part true. of my part of my personality is is to want to <laughs> love and protect everyone. So, bear with me. <laughs> That's you protecting yourself, loving yourself, and protecting yourself. Oh, probably. <laughs> I just extended to everybody around me, whether they want it or not. <laughs> 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 oh, look 
I say. <laughs> That's what I say. I, I've I've given up the idea of learning. I just want to become uh-huh. the experience of, you know, and yeah, to sit at the feet. To sit at the feet of a master and listen them, listen to them speak of their experience to listen me to is everything. Listen to yourself. Listen to within yourself. You're the master. You are your own well, master. You're just, you're just reflecting my mastery back to me. <laughs> <laughs> However you want to put it, as long as you know where it comes from, baby, it's not giving and right. giving, and re- giving and receiving are one and the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> this is the truth. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you guys to indulge me. Like I said, I had three hours of sleep last night. Darling, you're indulged. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I am. Oh, yeah. You know, I sat with some anxiety starting the evening off. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, I had result, re- resorted to take medication my doctor chose. And I. Good. I decided not to because, mm-hmm. and just listening mm-hmm. to what was said tonight, joining with my brothers and sisters, I feel such an inner peace. I feel such a calmness, such a surety, such love. I don't need pills. And I told my doctor today, I am not taking the pills. And I knew why, because I needed to hear the love and the truth. And it started this afternoon with uh, oneness group, and it concluded uh, tonight with this group. Ah, oh, how beautiful. Paula, can I ask something real quick? What got was that, Yvonne? Yeah, sure. I just got a quick question. I won't hold you up. Uh, what is the oneness group? I, I'm familiar with the book, but is there a, there is an actual group? It, it, I'm sorry to say, yeah, we're actually concluding it, it and it was an exclusive. Someone asked three oh. individuals, and I was included just to keep it very okay. exclusive among the four of us. That's fine. So, oh, just however, like, may I interject here for just a moment, Yvonne? And let you know that Charles is starting I was just starting a oneness that. group. Oh, sorry, Paula. I didn't mean to upstage you or step on no, your no, toes. No, no, no. Sorry. That's okay. No, that's okay. right. Because yeah, Charles mentioned that. Yes, he did. So Charles, those tell us about interested. Those who are interested, uh, you can email me at charlesdelight at bell dot net. B e l l dot net. Just a second, I gotta okay. write this down. Yeah, yeah. Give me that, Charles. Charles. Okay. Delight. I got it, Paul. Charles Delight at Bell dot net. He's in Canada, so he's got Bell. Right, Delight. Charles. That's right. Wait a second. Is Charles Delight, Delight at D I D I G H T or D I T E. D E L I G H T. That's Delight. Oh, okay. At at bell.net? Bell.net. B-E-L-L dot N-E-T. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Uh, I can do that. If yeah. whoever's interested, email me, and then we'll make arrangements to, we can do one of these calls, audio calls like this. That's perfect and, for uh, me. We can, 
We can yeah. arrange a time now, during the week. Yeah, that's yeah because I'm the three hours. Well, Yvonne and I are the three hours ahead. Yvonne, are you in Maryland? Yeah, I'm in Virginia. Virginia, oh, Virginia. okay. Virginia. But yeah, the other side of the Beltway, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Beltway. Yeah, I live. I lived on the Maryland side of the Beltway. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I know it well. Okay. Did I tell you, Yvonne, that my cousin that lived in um, what the heck was the name of the town? Oh, I forgot it already. Yeah, I remember Haymark. you mentioned Haymark. Yeah, Haymarket. He moved down to Florida. So oh boy. No more. Trips. You'll never come to see me now, Paula. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I rather oh boy. drive. I rather drive four hours to Haymarket, Virginia, than get on a plane. I'm just so adverse to getting on planes lately. <laughs> anyway, you get some rest tonight, Paula. I appreciate you all. Thank you. I love you well, all. Well, we appreciate your being here, and I appreciate every single one of you. I love you guys so much. Have a gorgeous my, week. You're my best medicine. Thanks, Miguel, for joining us. Yes, I'll Miguel. I'll an email, uh, Charles. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you for the okay. email, Charles. Keep an eye out for it. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Thank you, Yvonne. Yeah. Love you. Okay, yeah. guys. Good night, everybody. Okay. Bye-bye now. Good night. Good night.